If you're ready for the word of the Lord, put your hands together one more time. Let me hear you today. We're excited to have you. We welcome all of our online audience and those that are here in person. We are excited to kick off this new series. We're calling it DNA, our DNA Summer Series. You've got to know who God has created you to be. We have an identity crisis going on right now. We have a lot of people, Christian and non-Christian, who do not know who God has created them to be. It's one of the most important series we've ever done here at Destiny Church is a series you're going to get this summer. We're going to take our time this summer. We're going to unpack it. We're going to unfold it. We're going to allow you to grow. We're going to see God grow you wherever, whatever stage you're in. I believe God is going to take this series and begin to elevate you and grow you to a stronger faith, a stronger walk with him. The more I understand who God is, the more I understand what he's done in my life, who he's called me to be, who God says I am, the higher level I can begin to live my life. Now, let me tell you something that maybe you don't know. I want to make it very clear to you today. There is an all-out attack against the hood. Let me say it again. There's an all-out attack against the hood today. Some of you say, Pastor, I didn't know you grew up in the hood. Well, I didn't grow, grow up in the hood, even though I spent some time in the hood. All right. Thank God for deliverance, right? I spent a little time in the hood, but I will tell you this. There's an all-out attack against fatherhood, against motherhood, against manhood, against womanhood, against childhood. There is an all-out attack to confuse everyone on their identity, who they are. Do you realize as we speak today, one out of every 10, let me make it a little bit better in that if you have a thousand students enrolled at your child's school, there's a hundred students in that building right now, according to stats, that do not know, that do not know or have decided what their gender is. Let me tell you, kids 12 and under, 10%, one of every 10, consider themselves non-binary, which means they have not decided which gender they want to be yet. If you're 12 years old and you don't know what gender you are yet, something's wrong, okay? Something is wrong. The enemies come to kill, steal, and destroy from our life. Pastor, are you saying we should be mean? To, no, I'm saying this. God has called us to love all, to show love to all, no matter who they are. We will love people. We will love like Jesus loves. We will show God's unconditional love to all because he died for all. But listen, he came so that we could have life and have it to his fullest. And he wants us to know that he has an identity for us. And the more Satan can come in, confuse our children... He's not just attacking you. He's attacking our children. What you don't know, there's an extreme agenda out there attacking our children at a very young age, telling them it's okay, just wait. You can pick who you want to be. You can go to what restroom you want to go to. You can go and do this because you don't know who you are. You'll discover it someday. Listen, no, no, no. God knew you before you were born. In the womb, God called you. God formed you, and he knows who you are. That's an all-out attack, all-out attack on our identity. Why? Because if Satan can get our children confused, they will grow up to be confused adults. 
and the confused adults will raise confused families. So you've got to know who God has called you to be. Some of you need to know how to be a man. Some of you need to know how to be a woman. Some of you need to know how to be the Christian that God's called you to be. You need to know this. Why? Because God has called you. He has blessed you. He is forming you to walk in your role. And today he wants us to understand it. So we got to know who God has called us to be, who God created us to be. We got to know this. It's part of who we are. It's all in our DNA. Our DNA, do you realize that every one of us have personalized individual DNA? And our personalized individual DNA, if we took all the DNA out of your body, uncoiled it, and stretched it out, do you realize in every human body there's enough DNA to cover the width of two solar systems? Wow. You're talking about God forming you in a unique way. And that DNA is unique to you. Your DNA sets you apart. Your DNA will convict you in a court of law. Your DNA will say, yes, you are the father. Your DNA can say you're not only the father, but you're also a brother to somebody who lives around the world. It's so crazy how our DNA can link us to people we're related to, but yet have us individualized. God has formed you unique. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are called. You are chosen of God. God has got a wonderful purpose for your life. And you got to understand that. You got to realize that. So let's jump into this journey. Let's start this journey off today in Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, oh, Lord God, behold, I, I can't speak for I'm just a youth. But the Lord said to me, don't say I am just a youth for I shall go to all. You shall go to all whom I send you and whatever I command you, you shall speak. He goes, don't be afraid of their faces for I'm with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Now we see something happening here. He says, before you were born, I formed you, I ordained you, I called you. Let me tell you something. We serve an intentional God. Every one of us, God has an intention for your life. He's intentional about everything he does. Listen, when God answers prayer, he's up to something. When God doesn't answer prayer, he's up to something. When God opens a door, he's up to something. When he closes a door, he's up to something. When God gives you the answer, he's up to something. When God stays silent, God's up to something. When God says yes, he's up to something. When God says no, he's up to something. We serve an intentional God. He's very intentional about everything he does. He's a God of purpose. Look at this. God does everything with purpose and on purpose. God does everything with a purpose and on purpose. God causes all things to work together for what? For the good of those who follow him. But those who have surrendered their life to him, he causes all things. He may not have caused the bad to happen, but he will work through the bad and turn it around for good in your life when you serve a God on purpose. So what I'm saying is this, we can't mess up our destiny if we'll just learn to fully surrender our life to Jesus. He's calling you to a higher place. He's calling you beyond where you're at now and says, I want you to live in a higher place. 
God does everything with purpose and on purpose. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see where God is constantly reminding us of who he is and who we are in him. Listen, would he be saying this over and over and over again, reminding us who we are? Is he doing this because he needs to be reminded? Is God repeating himself in every book of the Bible because he doesn't want to forget? No, he's doing it because he doesn't want us to forget. He wants it to be drilled into our mind, into our heart, who we are in God. He wants it to become alive in our mind and in our heart, who we are in him. He wants to continue to do this so that it becomes alive in our spirit. People have an opinion of you, and you have an opinion of you. And both are filtered by what the little bit they know about you. People have an opinion on you just based off the people who work with you. Many of them don't see you after work. Many of them don't see you on the weekend. Many of them don't see you involved in your church. So people will have an opinion who just work with you. And sometimes that opinion is not great, is it? <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, I need a lot of help, Pastor, in my job. It really pushes me. Some people have an opinion of you just because they're friends with you on social media. And all they see is the small bits and pieces you put out there. So the, their opinion of you is this, that you're always tanned. Your smile is always pretty. Your hair is always fixed. Your children are the best kids in the world. You're always enjoying life. Why? Because they, their opinion of you is based on a filter. Some of you are using a lot of filters, by the way. All right, so their opinion is based on you on, on some filters. They don't really know. You do they. People don't really know us. It, their opinion is really based on circumstance. Look what Proverbs 23, 7 says. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As we think in our heart, so is he. So what we got to understand, where I'm at is what I think I'm at. If I think I'm right here, this is where I'm at. If I think I'm down here, that I'm never going to be good enough, I'm never going to be loved. I'm never going to succeed. I'm never going to get my break. I'm never going to accomplish anything for God. I'm always going to be doing this. I'm always going to be this kind of man. I'm always going to be this kind of woman. I'm always going to do this and that. If I think that in my heart, I'm going to live my life there. As the man thinks in his heart, so is he. But God's, but you got to understand, God's opinion of you is much greater than your opinion of you. Matter of fact, he values you so much, he gave his only begotten son to die in our place. Given the most precious gift of his son to die for our sins so that you and I can be elevated out of our mistake. We can be elevated out of generational curses. We can be elevated out of where we were born. We can be elevated out. We're bigger than a mistake of our life. See, God is trying to do something. God is constantly, look at this, God is constantly communicating to me who I am because I will live like who I think I am. So that's why in his word, he's constantly saying, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a child of God. You are 
favored of the Lord. I see you mighty. I see you strong in the Lord. Be courageous. He's always speaking to us. He's always affirming us. He's always letting us know we're the target of his affection. He's always speaking to the greatness inside of us because he knows we will live where we think we are. If I only see myself here, I will stay here the rest of my life. But when I begin to see myself through God's eyes, when I know what he said about me, when I know that he created me and called me, even in my mother's womb, he formed me, it changes the way I see. It changes the way I think about myself. You cannot, look at this, you you can't adjust one's behavior until you change how they think of themselves in their heart. I'm not going to change your behavior until you change your heart. And if you see yourself as the person who's always going to blow it, then you're always going to blow it. If you see a person who's never going to get beyond your mistakes, you're going to stay there. I'll never, I'll never get beyond where I've already peaked. How sad. Because God sees you more than that. God is calling you out of your present state. God is calling you to live at a higher level. you got to know who you are created to be. Do you really know who you are in God? Do you really understand this? That God has been telling us from cover to cover in his word who we are. That we are his people. We are his child. That we are under his authority. That he is blessing us, calling us to live at a different level. That we really are the target of his affection. Hebrews 4.16, look at this, says, Let us therefore come boldly, let's say that together, let's all come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, we cannot come to the throne of grace boldly if you don't think God really loves you. If you think, God, my, my mistakes are way too big. God, you haven't really forgiven me. God, I'm not worthy to be in your presence. God, I'm not worthy to be called your son or daughter. God, I've done too many bad things in my life. If I see myself there, then I'll be timid. I'll be timid in the presence of the Lord. But the only way I can come boldly to the throne of grace is when I understand that I've been given grace. And I understand that he looks at me differently than I look at myself. When I understand that his grace covers me even on my worst of days. It covers me even my worst sins. His grace covers me when I couldn't forgive myself. He forgave me. That he died for me. That when I understand who I am and he loves me anyway. That he gave his life for me anyway. It sets me free. And I come boldly now to the throne of grace, knowing that I'm a child of God, that I've been forgiven of God. I must know. See, you're understanding now why I must. I understand this. He sees me forgiven, redeemed, God's child. My identity is found in Jesus. Look at this. My identity is found in Jesus because Jesus is found in me. Let me say this another way. My DNA put me under a microscope, you're going to see the blood there, right? And you're going to see DNA, and it's going to tell me, they're going to tell me all this, but when you put the spiritual microscope there, you're going to see the blood of Jesus running through my veins. Come on now. And you're going to see the DNA that I belong to heaven. You're going to see that I belong to God. I'm his child. 
That's my DNA, that I've been given a new future. I've been given a new home. I've been given a new family. I've been called to a higher level. It's, it's my DNA. It's my spiritual DNA. And the reason why, Jesus said, if you abide in me, I will abide in you. So I know if I'm abiding in Jesus, Jesus is abiding in me. And Jesus don't live right here. Jesus is pulling me out of the ditch. He's pulling me out of where I'm at. And he's blowing off the lid of limitations and said, man, you can walk at a much higher. Woman, you can live at a much greater place than what you're living now. I got to know who I was created to be. My identity is found in Jesus because Jesus is found in me. So look at this today. We believe that we're all about him. My opinion about myself is way down low, way down here. Man, I've blown it right here. My opinion is, you know what? No one in my family has ever done anything, so I'm stuck right here. My opinion is, you know what? I had a chance, but I blew it. I'm stuck right here. My opinion is, you know what? I'll never get beyond where I'm at. My opinion is, man, I, I was raised, and I didn't have good role models growing up. So I'm lost, I'm hopeless, and my life's just going to be, my life's going to be a train wreck. My family's going to be a train wreck. My kids are going to be a train wreck. I'm never going to, my opinion's right here, but God's opinion is so much greater than our opinion of ourselves. When God looks at us, he doesn't see us there. He sees us elevated to the person he's calling us to be. He's calling us out of that place, and he's calling us to live at a higher place in him. This is his role for our life. God's opinion, you gotta understand this, you gotta know this. God's opinion of you is so much greater than your own opinion of you. And if you know that, then it sets you free to walk. It sets you loose to walk in that. When I know God's opinion about me, I react differently. Let me put it to you in plain, plain talk, okay? How about this? The very first sin was what? In the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve were created. They only had one thing they were not allowed to do. Isn't it amazing? We'll always find the one thing we shouldn't do, right? I mean, it just, you had, you had one thing. They had to go and mess it up, right? You had one rule, don't eat of that tree, but you have all these great things you can have and enjoy. God only had one rule. Satan comes to him and says, listen, Eve, the reason God doesn't want you to eat of that tree is he's afraid you'll become like him. I want to be like God. So she takes of that fruit and eats it, disobeying God's direct orders. But see, the problem was this. What she didn't know was this, that she was already created in the image of God. God already had everything that was his, he was going to bless her with. Everything that he had designed, he was going to give to her. And as her ch his child, he had formed her in his image. See, when you don't know who you are, You'll fall for what the enemy tells you you need to be. Oh, let me, let me put it in some better terms, okay? Here, here you go. When I'm already loved and I understand it, I don't go around looking for love in the wrong places. See, when I understand, I'm already highly valued. God's already given his son Jesus to die for my sins. He loved me that much that he gave his life for me. And he says, I love you. I love you. In, in your sin, I still love you, and I cover you, and I forgive you, and I redeem you. Wow, you love me? 
unconditional God, you love. Yes, God. I, I read the scripture. It says it all throughout scripture. God, your love is so big in my life that you've always loved me. You've always pursued me. No greater love has a man than this that he would give his life. God so loved the world that he gave his son. It's all through scripture, the love of God. We've been the target of his love. So the more I understand God's love, the less I got to go around saying, you know what? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until I get the right person. No, no, no. I mean a guy with a job and a guy who loves the Lord and a guy who hasn't got 10 baby mama with two other people and all this. They're trying to bring that drama to my life. I'm going to wait until God brings the right person. Are you following me? What I'm trying to tell you, sometimes we think we have to settle because we're looking for love in the wrong place instead of saying, you know what, God, I'm already loved. I'm going to wait. And if that's you, you say, that's me, Pastor. I got Tim, baby mama. Well, God died for you and loved you just as much as a person who hasn't. So this is the greatness of God. God is calling us and loving us. If I already know that I'm the object of God's attention, then I don't have to do things to get other people's attention. I'm already the object of the creator. He says, I'm the object of his attention. I'm the target of his love. I'm the target of his affection. See, the more I understand about God and how he sees me, the more it sets me free. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. This is so cool. He says, before you were even born, I knew you. And I formed you and sanctified you in the mother's womb. Let me just say this to you. Your parents conceived you, but God formed you. Your parents may have conceived you, but God formed you with a purpose. God your parents may have thought you were an accident, but God says, no, there are no accidents with me because I'm forming you with a purpose and for a purpose. Let me say it to those who have a hard time following today, okay? Long before Marvin Gaye ever started playing, God knew who you were. God knew you and called you. God had you in mind. People can help you, look at this, people can help you discover who you are, but God is trying to introduce you to who you were born to be. Big difference. We can, we can help people discover their giftings, their callings, and we can help people discover you're an A personality, B. We can discover what kind of wild animal you are and love child, child whatever that is. You can come up with all those charts and they'll help you. It's all great, but only God can help you understand who you were born to be. That's, that's a call. In your mother's womb, I knew you and formed you and I called you. Now look at this story in Judges 6, 11, and 12, and then we'll skip to verse 15. I love this. Remember Gideon's hiding in the, in the caves? While his son Gideon would thresh the wheat in the wine press in order to hide from the many nights, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, Lord, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. So he said to him, oh, my Lord, probably said it differently, but that's good translation. Oh, wow. How can I save Israel? Indeed, my tribe is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm only the least in my father's house. They're hiding from the enemy. They're so afraid of the crops being stolen. They're 
doing it. What should be done in the open is being done now in the dark, in the caves. They're trying to secretly keep their food from being stolen from the enemy. And so they're hiding out. They're, in, they're intimidated. And God shows up in the middle of the intimidation and says, Gideon, Braveheart, get out of there. We the martyrs, come out of that cave. Yes, my Lord. Are you calling me today? You know, what? He didn't do that. He's like, oh, God, are you sure? Like, I, I'm like the weakest person in here, and I come from the weakest tribe. And God says, no, you mighty man of valor. God was speaking to him, not where he was at, but to where he's seen him going, where God had called him to be. See, before, before, before you were ever were weak, before you ever blew it, before you were ever born, before you ever made a mistake, before you ever put limits into your mind, God formed you, God called you for a purpose in him. God calls us long before anyone else sees it. This is what's the beauty of God. He calls it before anybody. You know how many people come to you after you leave this spot and you elevate yourself? and like, yeah, I knew it all along. Yeah, I seen it all. No, you did not either. You're just as shocked as everybody else. People are like, oh, I knew it all. I know you didn't. No, no, no. But as amazing as God did. And God speaks to us there and pulls us out. He calls us out even when we're living in the cave. The more I understand the truth about how God sees me, the more free I become. John 8, 32 says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Who wants to be free? The more I know the truth, the truth makes me free. The more I know how much loved I am by God, the more I can be set free from everybody else's opinion about me. The more I understand how much affection God has for me, the more I'm set free from needing everybody else's affection. The more I understand what God has called me to, the less I got to go around and call myself on social media. The more I understand, are oh, you following me? We're all about doing things for ourselves, but the more I know what God says about me, son, well, the more I know about you, daughter, the more I've called you highly favored and blessed, the more I know about that, the higher I live my life and everything else doesn't really matter. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Come on, some of you need to be free today. You need to be free today. You're living a chain to everybody else's opinion. Walking around with that ball and chain. What do people think about me? Does anybody like me? Does anyone think I'm good enough? People are going to think I'm a loser. Everybody walking around those chains. No, God already sees you. God's already called you, Matt. God's already called you, Sue. God's already asked you to step up and to do something. He sees you for the greatness already. I love this. Look at that, Jeremiah 1, 6 and 7. Let's read it again. Then the Lord said to God, Behold, I, he said, God, I, I can't speak for I'm, I'm just a youth. Remember he told him? He said, you're going to prophesy to the nation. He said, I can't, God. I, I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, Don't. Do not say I'm too young, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. And I love this because what we see here, does God ever come to him and be like, hey, Jeremiah, you're right. You're way too young. 
God doesn't do that, does he? And God doesn't also come along and say, you know what, Jeremiah, you're wrong about that. God didn't deny that he was too young. Jeremiah's the one that said he was too young, and God didn't deny it. Yeah, God's like, yeah, you are young. But what God got on to him about was not that he was too young. God said, quit speaking to your limitations. That's what he was upset about. God said, stop speaking to your limitations. Some of you here like, God, you called me, but. And God's like, stop, stop, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop. Stop speaking to your limitations and start hearing the voice of God calling you to a higher place. So anybody getting free today? Let me give you this one last timeline here, then we're going to close. God's opinion and my opinion. My opinion about me is so low, and God's opinion about me is so high. But this is the cool thing is this, right there in the middle, God is calling us before we've changed. God calls us before we're changed. He's not waiting on us to change. He's speaking to us to change long before we've ever changed. You know, I raising five children, I, I prayed and asked God to give me insight. God, help me to raise these kids and to raise these teenagers, now young adults, as they're getting there, that what you've called me to do. And one of the things that he did, gave me insight on that I believe was more wisdom than I had at the time, but God really gave me this insight, was I learned to speak to the greatness of my children when they made mistakes. So when they make some big mistakes, I would sit down with them and I wanted to lose it, and sometimes I did, just like you. But I would also have times when I calmed down, and I said, the reason why I'm upset is because I see so much greater in you. And I want you to know that you, you're much better than that. You can live your life better than that. You can live at a higher level than that. I, I want to speak to the greatness in my children when they make mistakes. I want to speak to the greatness because as their father, I see them living much higher than where they're living at, at that moment. And how much more does God does this to us that he speaks to us and says, yes, you're there, but I'm going to speak to the person you don't even know is there. I'm going to begin to call out the strength of you because I formed them in you. I create, you're a man and I made you a man and I'm going to call out that spirit in you. Jeremiah, step up and defend and I'm going to go with you. Step up and lead your family. I'm going to give you the strength. Step up and declare the power of God. I'm going to give you the power of God. And he's calling it out of him long before he ever stops being afraid. He calls it out. Jeremiah, I call you out. Long before you ever think you're old enough, I'm calling you out. That you're going to walk as a young person. I'm going to give you influence. You don't know it yet, but I'm going to give you the words. And I'm going to give you the power. And you're going to speak and prophesy and speak my language. You're going to prophesy over this nation. Come on, young man. I'm calling it out of you. How about Moses? Moses. I want you to go and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. I want you to lead a million people to the promised land. Time out, God. I've been running for my life. Pharaoh wants to kill me. I've been hiding out here in the backside of this desert for 40 years in hiding. And now you want me to go and lead these people? I don't think so. 
God says, Moses, my staff is with you. I'm sending you. You're going with my power. Come on, you're going to lead. Long before Moses was ready to lead, God was saying, come on, you're going to do some great things. Are you following the pattern here? And we see it over and over and over and over again in Scripture. God called people in their weakened state, in their broken state, in their timid state, living down here, and he called them out of that state to live in a higher place. God always calls us before we've changed. See, some of us, we want to change. I got to change first, and then God will use me. No, no, no. You just got to obey right here. God, I'm ready. God, I'm ready. I'm taking the first step. God, change me along the journey. God, change me along the process. But I'm not living at this level any longer. You got some addictions to work through. That's right. But get up. You got some weaknesses to overcome. You're right. But get up. You're higher than that. God has blessed you. God has called you. He wants to do something new in your generation. He wants to do something new in your heritage. He wants to do something new in your family. Pastor Tom, join me real fast as I close today. Today, Pastor Tom, I love Pastor Tom. He's been a great friend of mine for about 15 years now. Knew him shortly before he started coming to Destiny and then all these years got the chance to know him through leadership. And I would say he's, he's one, of my, one of my closest friends. I consider him a closest brother. And I have a view of him. And my view is this. I see him as a man who's multi-talented. He can do a lot of, a lot of things I can't do. And so I'm always like, man, I need you to do this. He does all the things I can't do because he he's a talented guy. I've got my view of him, but I don't see him. And there's other people who say, well, Pastor Gene, I've known Palm ever since high school. And I can tell you some things about Tom that you don't know about. And their view of you is a little bit different. When, when you look in the mirror, your view is going to be different than what I see and even what other people see. And your view of yourself is like, ah, oh, man, there's things i got to really work on. But the cool thing is this, that when God looks at us, now looks at us, through the filter of the cross. So what this means is this, when I surrender my life fully to Jesus, and I believe that he died on the cross for my sins, and he was raised on the third day. When I believe this and I see this, now the Bible says that when God looks at me, he looks at me the same way he looks at his son, Jesus. And when he sees me, he sees Jesus. And when he sees Jesus, he sees me. It's the filter of the cross. So you need to take off your filter today of limitations. Take off your filter that's been put around you by circumstances and failures. And say, God, I'm going to start looking through the filter of the cross. And I'm going to start taking that journey up, God. I'm going to the person you've called me to be. In Jesus' name. If you receive that word, give God a big amen. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> Bow your heads this morning. If you're here to pastor my, I need to give my life to Jesus. That's the first step. Just total surrender to Jesus. 
What that means is this, that you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and that you're a sinner and you need a savior, that you can't do it on your own and you realize that the only way, according to the Bible, the only way that I can receive righteousness, what's right standing before God, is when I apply what Jesus did on the cross to my life. And how do I do that? I believe he is the Messiah, the only son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And I pray, confess him as Lord of my life. I surrender my life fully to Jesus. No one here today is going to embarrass you, and I don't want anybody looking but me. But if that's you, where you're sitting today, say, Pastor, I'm ready to accept Jesus. Raise your hand where I can see it. And say, today's my day. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? You want to do this? Just raise it high. Thanks, guys. I see it. Yeah. This is great. This is great. This is why we're here for you today. All this today is so you could come and hear this great message of God's love for your life. If you haven't raised it, this is the last time I'm going to ask. Just raise it right now. Let me see. I want to make sure I don't miss anybody. I see the hand in the back, guys. Thank you. All right. If you raised your hand, I want you to say this prayer with me out loud. As Christians around you, we'll help you as well. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I surrender all of my life to you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we say welcome to the family of God. Come on now. This is awesome, awesome day.